Well, welcome everyone back to another episode of Low Hanging Fruit. My name is Luke Saint, and with me today I have Tyrus again. Say hello, everyone, Tyrus. Hello, Tyrus of Iris, checking in. One of the great tragedies of this podcast, uh, in, in my opinion, is the uh, the off podcast conversations that we have, and we're having <laughs> one um, just before this podcast, and and uh, I think a lot of our listeners will be able to relate to the uh, uh, growing up watching the Don Bluth films. Now, the Don mm. Bluth films, uh, uh, this has to go back, this has to do with what we were talking about before we start recording. The Don Bluth films uh, were basically comprised of, what are the heavy hitters? Okay, so Anastasia, um, uh, Secret of Nim, as you talked about, uh, American Tale, uh, he did Thumbelina. You ever see Thumbelina? Yeah, Thumbelina. I saw Thumbelina. Thumbelina. <laughs> why, doesn't, um, why doesn't she just get on Jock's back and he, he fly her to the realm of the fla- fairies? Her best friend's a bird. <laughs> why doesn't he help her? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Because he's got his feet in yarn all the time. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I can't give you an answer for that. Um, uh, what else did Don Bluth do? I mean, he did, trying to think. He did a, a lot of other... Uh, Troll in Central Park. Troll in Central which Park, is, uh, right? Uh, yes. Probably his worst film. But he, he often did films that were just... Rockadoodle. Rockadoodle, We just yes, talked about We that. just talked about Rockadoodle. I feel like I'm missing a, a, a big one in there. Um, but, uh, oh, Titan AE. He did Titan AE. Yeah, I, ne- yes. I actually never saw that one. I hear it's amazing. I don't know why I haven't watched it. It's okay. It's, it's Don Booth in space. I mean, it's basically what it is. Uh, so, uh, but but before um, we started this podcast, uh, Tyrus was had a really hot take on uh, The Secret of Nim, which you said was his first film. Yes, it's his first film and considered by many of his fans to be his magnum opus. I love The Secret of Nim. I think that Mrs. Brisby is one of the best female characters ever put into film. Mm. She is she's not strong. Uh, she is actually uh, outmatched physically by every other person in the movie. She's sure. just a mother trying to protect her son and the great length for which she goes to to get him well again is just amazing role model for women. Mm. Like she doesn't have to be a sword wielding like boss to be cool. Like Mrs. Brisby is just cool. Like if you don't think she's cool, there's something wrong with you. I'm like, Mm. if any, I I just think she's amazing. (laughs) I think she's the best female character in, in all of cinema, honestly. And she is feminine. She is motherly and she's strong and brave. In fact, one of the plots is that she has to be brave because she keeps getting, being put in situations where she 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 could die, but she's doing it all for the love of her sick son who's going to die. Like she just wants to get him well again, and she goes on this adventure. Um, but that that's not the only reason why I love the movie. the 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 reason I love the movie is because in this movie there are like three forces at work. Uh, you might call it science, nature, and the unknown, or rather, I'd say the spiritual aspect being the unknown. Uh, but the biggest thing that I love about the movie is that the rats of Nim, for those of you who don't know the story, basically these rats were experimented on and they became intelligent as a result. They broke out of the lab and now they have built this little society in this thorn bush on Farmer Fitzgibbon's farm. And they're stealing his electricity, they're doing all the shady stuff, and that's why the farmer wants to get rid of them, obviously, because he doesn't know that they're super intelligent, but he he knows that these rats are taking his stuff and the big plan that the rats want to do is they want to move to a place called Thorn Valley. They want to get away from all this. And in the film, a question is asked like, why do you guys want to go to Thorn Valley? In fact, the, the villain of the piece says, why, why not just stay here? We can just keep stealing. We can just keep doing this, um, uh, stealing from the farmer. Everything we need is right here. But when Mrs. Brisby asks, 
why why are you guys going to Thorn Valley? The leader of the rats, Nicodemus, says, we can no longer live as rats. We know too much. And then Justin says, it's wrong to steal electricity from the farmer. See, what I love about that is that the more human-like the rats become, the more morally culpable they recognize that they are. And so with the more human-like characteristics they take on, the more moral responsibility they feel that they have. We are not mindless beasts. We can't just feed off the efforts of other people. Mm -hmm. We need to build ourselves. And that's an amazing thing to put in your kid's film that would go right over her head. But like, you know, and Luke and I, we talk about Dominion all the time. Now, obviously, this is an animated film about rats. <laughs> but but Perspective. But but still, the the idea that the fact that God has given us intelligence and moral culpability means that we have responsibilities to other creatures uh, not to steal from them, not to siphon off of them but to build mm. our own thing and it's just so cool to see that in a movie now whether or not that all this intention was done by the writers of the film i don't know yeah. but all i know is that when i see it it's my favorite part of the movie because i'm like that's so cool it's, and teaching kids that hey because you have intelligence and a will that means you have moral responsibility mm. that's a good thing to give to kids not to mention like i said best female role model in all film and it's a cartoon mouse <laughs> wow okay we'll put him on the record that's what he said i mean if you if you think that there's a better female role model out there you know if you're like a katniss everdeen person not like me i'm definitely not one of those <laughs> but i mean it's a i hate her by the way oh okay all right, all right. i read the books so okay. i'm not a novice She's, i didn't like the books or i don't like her in the books i don't like her in the oh, movie wow Okay, he said it. You're my least here favorite first, female character. Oh, okay. In all of fiction, is Katniss Everdeen. What? I don't like her. I think oh. she's a jerk. Oh wow. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll we'll have to get into that one on a different episode. To be fair, though, she's written to be unlikable. Like that's purpose. That's part mm. of her personality. So mm. it's not really her fault. Okay. But I don't like her. Okay. I think she's cool. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Katniss Everdeen is cool. I don't think she's a good female role model. <laughs> Do oh. not think that. Okay, but I I just don't if my if the character I'm following is unlikable to me it it tends to detract from my experience. Love the story of Hunger Games. In fact, the second book is one of the best books I've ever read. Catching Catching Fire is the second fire, book. Yeah, that's one of my favorite books. I love it. I just don't like the main character. Oh, okay. Peta uh, deserved better. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we got some hot takes and hot cakes here on this radio broadcast today, folks. Thanks for tuning in to uh, Think It Reform and especially this low hanging fruit episode. Today, um, you know, we, we start off talking about like Don Bluth. I mean, he, he, he definitely toyed with a lot of things that Disney doesn't toy with anymore, and that's called mm. mis mystery. You know, there was so much mystery in his movies. I mean, his movies were, were dark. Oh, my goodness, they're dark, and they're filled so with, dark. With, with traumatizing things for your children. I mean, I mean, watch or beware. I mean, you put that in front <laughs> of your kids, they are going to have nightmares. I mean, it's just, it's just like every Don Bluth film has, except like Anastasia's. Well, no, you said no, that No, 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 that, that scene, scene yeah. where he tricks her in yeah. that dream, and yeah. her father turns into a demon. Like, that scarred me as a child. Yeah. I still won't love the movie, but yeah. I was like, ah. Titan A.E. is not that bad. It's not that dark. I mean, it's especially one about space aliens. It's, it's actually comparatively <laughs> way less dark than, say, uh, uh, a Toad's uh, uh, Frogs in Bell Bottoms. To me, that just freaks <laughs> me out. That, that's that's Thumbelina you're saying. That's right? yeah. scary. Scary to me. Anyway, so let's get uh, today's uh, episode. So, but you had a question for me. You wanted to uh, Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been, you know. We've done a couple episodes together, and it, the question might come up like, Luke and Tyrus, why are you even doing something like this? What 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 is the benefit of taking these videos 
analyzing them, critiquing them, and maybe maybe even your viewers are like, ah, do you guys have to be so harsh sometimes? Maybe you're a little too sarcastic, or like, um, what's the biblical warrant for doing something like this in the spirit in which we're doing it? And I, I just thought it'd be cool for Luke, who is the originator of the podcast, to be able to answer that. And I can answer my I have my own reasons why I think it's right, but um, I just thought it might be good for us to just kind of go through that quickly. Uh, yeah, so one of the reasons that, that we do this is is because growing up, I wish a lot of people were saying the things I'm saying now. Hmm. I wish I had access to a lot of the information that I'm that I'm I'm trying to give. Uh, who knows if I'm doing it well? But uh, I pray that I am. But I I wish I had somebody to be able to um, say. You know, a lot of times it, it comes down to just saying the true things. In the back of your mind, there are things, there are, are there, there are gates, and there are doors that are closed because you just won't countenance the possibility of this thing being true. Mm. Um, and I wish growing up I had people, in, and and I did uh, ha- have people in my life, and, and that's why I think the way that I do. But I'm I'm kind of returning the favor to Lord willing, the next generation of people who just came out and said the thing I was thinking in the back of my mind, but I couldn't give it a name. Mm. So I'll give you an example. Um, I, you know, I, I go through Facebook reels and I, and I, I watch the things on there and a lot of the content we interact with here is from Facebook reels. So thank you, Facebook for bringing us the horrible <laughs> contact uh, content with, for which we dumpster dive. Uh, but, uh, when I'm watching these reels, um, uh, hold on a second. I lost my train of thought. I'm watching these reels. And one of the reasons that we do this podcast is because I wish people would have said uh, some of the things. Oh, man, I just lost my train of thought on that. I, I had an example in my head, and then I, then I went down a rabbit hole, and then I, uh, a rabbit trail, and then I, I can't remember what I was going to say. Um, but I, I wish I had, I had people saying, um, just come out and say the things that uh, I, I'm saying. Um, you know, I didn't have um, a lot of people. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Give, give it a name. Right. Mm. So, so, uh, uh, Facebook reels for a long time there, I was watching, uh, these reels and, you know, once you watch a reel, a lot of other reels come up, uh, that are similar to that reel. And for right. some reason I got into these young men asking me why I haven't made my first million dollars at 25 years old. Mm. Right. They kept asking that. I mean, it's like different videos and, and I was just kind of, I, I, I I didn't really care about it that much. I didn't really watch the whole thing. But, you know, once you watch one all the way through, they start showing you more and more and more. And and so there was it was just like these these young men asking everyone of the world, you know, I made my first. What do you want to do? You want to live off debt and all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, what? I don't I don't want to see this, whatever. But then someone came out uh, recently and, and they gave it a name. They called them finance bros. That's what they're called. Finance <laughs> bros. And I, I man, I just needed to hear that. I needed to hear that so bad. I, I needed to hear that. I needed to categorize what I was watching here. Mm. Finance bros. And <laughs> after that, I was like, I was like, that was such a service to my mind to categorize these mm. people and what they were doing. And, and, and it was such a wonderful thing. And the second thing um, uh, regarding that too was, uh, and I say this, I say this a lot. You've probably heard me say this on this podcast before, but um, there have, there was a time when I was watching a, um, a clip from a Paul Walsher and Paul Washer was up there saying, you know, there's a lot of pastors out there who are 
denying their role as pastor and they're not, they're they're rejecting their role as pastor and they're becoming life coaches. And and my first yeah. response was my first response was, "Oh no, that's horrible. That's terrible. Man, it was, we're losing all of our pastors." And then Paul Washer little moment of silence. He let me get that stupid thought through my head. And then he came in with the uh, pruning hook and just cut that branch right off at the root and he said, "Good." Because now you're identifying that you never were a pastor. Yes. And you shouldn't be called a pastor. And I was like, "Oh, Man, I just boy, I needed to hear that, and it, it was such a great service to me. Just that that, that mm. one thought was such a great service to the way that I think that I want to return the favor to everybody else. And Lord willing, that's what we do here. Yeah, I, it's interesting. We said giving things a name. I, I was listening to Brian Save and the Haunted Podcast, yes. Haunted Cosmos. Yes, and they and again, I don't know how much they go into this or how much legitimacy this is, but they were talking about how like when people are performing like exorcisms of demons and stuff, naming. The demon is important because they say if you name something, you have power over it. Yes, and uh, again, how legitimate all that is over the finance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's what I mean. Is like when when you name something, it's it's acknowledgement that you know what it is. Right. Um, Like Adam naming the animals or naming Eve, like he's showing authority by doing that. Mm -hmm. And so what you're saying is when you had this thing that you couldn't, you knew it was wrong or there was something off, but once you had a name for it, you're like. Oh, I know exactly what this yes. is now. Mm-hmm. There's there is something to that and yes. again, I don't know how much I want to dive into that necessarily, but giving names to things is helpful. I think uh, one of the reasons I'm so glad to join you in this is just because I think that like you said pastors aren't are sometimes you can't shepherd everything. Like, you know, you're, n- you're never going to know everything that your f- sheep is getting into and like the internet with the age of the internet they're just so much bombarding you all the time and hopefully what luke and i do helps you to decipher the good from the bad and also um the reason we critique sometimes even use like kind of joking languages because that's what the prophets are doing and and you look even in jesus himself he saves his harshest rebukes for people who set themselves up as teachers and that's Mm. what all these people are doing if you Mm. put up a video Mm -hmm. saying this is what's true and this is what's not true you're you're a teacher yeah Mm -hmm. and Right. You need, and if you're wrong and you're going against Christ, you need to be rebuked. And sometimes the prophets use inflammatory language. Um, in fact, they put Luke and I to shame, to be honest, because they, they're far harsher and even far more sarcastic than we could ever be. I mean, Elijah and the prophets of Baal comes to mind and other things. And so far, I have never wished for someone to emasculate himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Paul, he's like, I wish I wish those Judaizers would just stop at the tip, just cut yeah. off the whole thing. Like, yeah, right. we haven't said anything that, that bad. Nope. <laughs> Not even that close. So, yeah, yeah, we, we, we can't hold a candle to the insults that they and the pronouncements. You know, I've never compared somebody's righteous work deeds to menstrual garments. You know, yeah, I, I've never said, I mean, I mean, I, I've done that because the Bible said it, but right. by myself, I would never have had, had that insight to, com- to compare. Um, but don't worry, we're much worse than you think we are. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can't spend this much time in this small room in this recording studio and not realize we're both sinners. <laughs> well, let's get back to the hot takes and hot cakes here on uh, Low Hanging Fruit. And uh, we are going to address this first one. It's about biblical slavery. And I sent this one to Tyrus. He had a couple things to say about it. I have a couple things to say about it. So let's start off with uh, Homeboy here. Um, who, He's from Cross Examine. I know him. Uh, what's his name? That guy? Oh, no, oh, not him. Oh, the yeah. guy who is uh, uh, de- defending the Bible. Yeah, uh, Doctor Doctor. Um, oh yes, um, I forget his name. I do like him. The only thing I I wish he was presuppositional because yeah, he's, he's not he's not presuppositional. Yeah, he, I've seen him. I've seen him like flirt with. Uh, 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 I've seen him flirt with it before. 
He um, has an article about why he's not. He said he basically Turk. Frank Turk. Yeah, Frank Turk. That's Frank his Turk. name. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He he, he 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 I've seen him flirt with it before, but he never he never it's a hammer that he's not using. It's a tool that's mm. just sitting right there for him to use and he will not use it and I've seen him have very very bad takes. Uh, yeah. But this one, this one starts off with Frank Turk defending biblical slavery and uh, some dudes, uh, some finance bros. No, I'm not. Even <laughs> right. Some guys uh, critique on Frank Turk's defense. So here we go. Let's have a listen. Starts off with uh, a clip from a debate. Why do you think slavery is wrong now? And, and, and why was it OK back back two centuries ago? Chris, can you give me the PowerPoint here? All right, let's see it. First of all, Old Testament slavery was not race-based for servitude. This is accurate because race as a question of skin color would not be invented until European Christians invented it uh, around the Middle Ages in order to validate and facilitate and justify their imperialist agendas. Now, what do you think he's referring to there? Oh, I, I actually, uh, first, I would like to say, um, in fact, I know the term racist actually doesn't come into vernacular until Nazi Germany because that's the what's the way it's first used but the idea I, I of race I thought was the Russians who came up with it with the term racism Yeah racist was was a Russian was I can't, the Russians the, the Soviets I They think. they might have but I remember it was called Nazi racialism like it's derived from racialism but my main problem with what he said anyway is that he how <laughs> he how did he's like he immediately says white European does he say white he might not say white I don't want to mischaracterize him. Right. European Christians in the Middle right. Ages came right. up with, oh first of all how do you know they were Christians <laughs> like yes. it's just just an assumption and he says their imperialist agenda I I honestly I love how that's just assumed that that's correct like where where, where does that come from mm-hmm. but uh, uh yeah when I when I when I heard that um uh, you know, it was invented by European Christians in the Middle Ages. Um, I mean, is he really is he really suggesting that discrimination based on nationality was not a thing until the Middle Ages? I mean, it's in the Bible. Like we see, we see that. Like, and uh, now I prefer the term ethnicity anyway to race. Mm-hmm. Like, I prefer to say we're all part of the human race of mankind. There's different ethnic groups. Oh, cancel them. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> I don't like the term race. Uh, prefer ethnicity, but the idea of racism or categorizing people into races um that's always been a thing we know that's true because of the bible like the gentile jews and gentiles like that's that's a quote racial i prefer the term ethnic distinction so so maybe the word race what might not have been used but the idea of categorizing people into different ethnic groups like to say that that comes about uh through european imperialist is just in um intellectual dishonesty mm-hmm. it just, just is so okay. I, I yeah i i think it is too i mean i mean again you 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 have in the bible you shall not hate an edomite in your heart hmm. now why would god say that unless there was a temptation to actually hate an edomite in their heart hmm. so so don't give me this what was invented by you know uh you know and everybody <laughs> else was 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 doing just fine in, we were all in, in racial religion. harmony yeah, before yeah, before racial, the white imperialists I, yeah and uh, again, you know, you had problems uh, again with the, with the Judaizers, who was Jews and Gentiles. Mm. So don't give me. I mean, that was a big problem, and that was what uh, the big problem that Paul was dealing with in the church was the, there was the Jews and there was the Gentiles. So that's, I mean, I, I mean, for lack of a better term, that's racism. Mm. You know that 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 has to do with it. You know, and it has to do with where you're born and did were you circumcised or not, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that that's. You know, he he just he just said they invented in order to validate and facilitate and justify their imperious agendas, as if nobody had an imperialist agenda before. Yeah. 
Like they're the first ones to like everything was fine and nobody invaded or conquered or, or colonized until the, the European Christians. How dare they? Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean that that's I mean that's just silliness. And you know, homeboys wearing an X Men T shirt, which is appropriate. It's appropriate for his level of thinking. I mean, it's probably where he got that from, like a comic book or something. Oh my goodness! Somebody probably put it into a comic book. Right? Actually, you don't even have to go to the New Testament because isn't Miriam's problem with Moses's wife that she's a Ethiopian. Ethiopian. So, like, it's it's just it's just like ridiculous. Where does this come from? Like, well, it's it's a sin problem, not a European Christian problem. Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's yeah. a sin problem. It's like saying they invented murder. Like nobody invented. I mean, like everything was fine. Nobody had murder until the European Christians invented it. You know, that's insane. You know, and, and whatever. Okay, let's keep going with this knucklehead. <laughs> It was voluntary means of working off debt or keeping captives from mustering a rebellion. So this is a half-truth that is working over time to deceive. There are indeed two main types of slavery that are described throughout the Hebrew Bible, and one of them is debt servitude. Uh, and I suppose you could refer to it as voluntary to the degree one feels that one has options for getting out of debt or out of extreme poverty. But the other kind is not a means of preventing captives from mustering a rebellion. Every single time that concern arises in the Bible, the solution is is always the same they kill the captives wrong uh, this is just <laughs> okay just wrong okay. like i there I, I god doesn't give laws to his people and then and it, to say that every single time hmm. that israel uh had captives that they killed them just is not true like you yeah. read the old testament like right, they right. have laws even for having w the wives and children now it's that now it is true See, it's funny. He says that what Mr. Turk said was a half-truth half -truth. and what he just said is a half-truth half <laughs> because God does command sometimes for them to kill everybody. That right. that happens in the Bible. Right. But there's so many – there's laws in the Bible about how to treat their captives. Why would those laws exist if right. that wasn't happening? And mm -hmm. also we have examples. I can't, I can't think of them right now um, just because but, – but it's so – again – these half truths. I love how he's able to do this so well. Is that he, and that's what Satan does, right? It's a little mm. bit of truth, and you cover yeah. it, and you just sneak in the lie. Mm -hmm. He does a really good job. He's like, this was true to a degree that people had options of voluntary servitude. Like, he's like, oh, I'm going to tell you the truth, and then I'm going to sneak this other thing in. But mm. it's actually just never true that mm -hmm. every time, every time this issue arises in the Bible, they just killed everybody. And yeah. this is not true. Right. And, 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 you know, the, the, the Israelites, because of the deception of the, I think it was the Gibeonites. Because of the deception, oh yeah the Gibeonites yeah, yeah. I mean the, God put them to forced servitude um, as a way of punishment but they, but they uh, apparently they survived and I think they even thrived I mean and you still have the Canaanites existing um, into the New Testament so obviously they didn't kill everybody <laughs> you know they, they they didn't they didn't do what they were supposed to do which is why I think Christ turns around and walks the other direction when she comes up to him mm. um, you know I, I you know there's a lot more that can be said about that but I think that's the initial response is based is based off of the, the Israelites failing in their uh, uh, initial um, and their initial purpose to eliminate all of the Canaanites because their iniquity was complete. Mm. And God's like, yeah, you're going to get a lot of good stuff, but it's not going to come without the horror of you actually seeing what they were doing and mm. you interacting with what they were doing too. You know, I mean, you, you, you're not going to get, you're not going to just walk in here and have everything all, all well and good set up for you. Um, which, which brings me to a hot take. Are you ready for this hot take? I'm yeah. Not sure, I'm not sure if I dropped this one on you yet. Okay. So, um, you know, where Rome, you know where Rome got um, crucifixion? It, there, uh, 
I, I was under the impression the Romans invented crucifixion. No, they didn't. Oh, who did? Well, it was invented by the um, uh, the Babylonians and the Assyrians. I believe that. I mean, I mean, I'd rather get kidnapped by an Israelite than a Syrian. <laughs> yes. I mean, I they the the, the skinning and and using their skin on putting on their walls and stuff. I they, you don't want to be kidnapped by the Assyrians. <laughs> like terrible people. Who picked it up from them? The Phoenicians. Rome got it from the, directly from the Phoenicians. Mm. Now, if Israel would have been faithful in uh, ridding the land of all the Canaanites, we wouldn't have the Phoenicians because the Phoenicians came from the Canaanites, right? Mm. This, the Canaanite woman is referred to as the Syrophoenician woman. That's right. That's true. So if Israel was completely faithful in wiping out all the Canaanites, would Rome have ever gotten a, a, a crucifixion at all? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's awesome, man. No, no, just, it, just a thought. Just throwing it out there. No, but that's 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 so interesting that God and again, just showing how God's weaving the whole story there. Mm-hmm. Um, of how like the cross, that was in God's mind like from eternity past. Yes. And the fact that it knowing that Israel would be unfaithful, if that if those lines all connect, that that's how they get the cross. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, and uh, from what I read, it came from the uh, Assyrians and Babylonians. But I'm thinking, why would they invent this thing where they're hanging people on trees mm-hmm. and for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. We want yeah. to keep you alive as long as possible. Why would they do that? Well, because I think they went to the Hebrew Bible and said, how can we humiliate these people? Yeah, curses anyone who hangs on a tree. Curses anyone who hangs on a tree. And I think that they invented it to, and this is just, this is, I'm not basing this off any sort of like textbook or anything like that. This is just my, my initial reaction. Okay. And I'm not saying it's truth. I'm, I'm not going to die on this hill, but I think that they, that came from them for a reason, because I think they're like, how can we humiliate and torture mm. these people to the best of our ability? Let's look in their book. Oh, what's the worst thing you do to them? Put them on a tree. And I think that's where it came from. Put yeah. me on the record there. Okay. We'll see. Well, that's one. Yeah. Of, that's one of those things, like in eternity, like your list of questions. Like, yes. Hey, Luke's hot take about that. Was that right? Yes. I, right. You know, I'd be willing to bet this is probably right. Maybe. Like, yeah. Maybe. I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, but I, I also think too that the the laws God gives, He gives them because in our evil hearts we're able to invent these things. So, like, mm-hmm. e- if it wasn't in a reaction to it, I believe they would have got there. Like, the reason God has to put that in there is because it's. Um, is because obviously he knew that humans would come to the conclusion that they would start doing that. Mm. So, mm-hmm. so either way, right. it's really interesting. Right, right. But I mean, it was ultimately set up for the cross, you know, so that mm. Christ could become yes. a curse for us. As soon as that law was in there, I mean, mm. I mean that that law, I, I mean, arguably was ultimately set up for Christ, you yes. know, so that Christ could become the curse for us. But again, um, you know, that's the uh, uh, that's the theme, that's the foreshadowing, that's all over the mm. Old Testament. Okay, let's go with again. With that's this a better ahead. story than the secret of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It's an attempt to make the chattel slavery, which is the other type of slavery, sound reasonable, sound justified. Well, we gotta have a way to prevent captives from mustering a rebellion. They did. They killed them. Chattel slavery is heartily endorsed in Leviticus 25, verses 44 through 4. Okay, let's take a gander at Leviticus 25. Uh, let's go oh, to the text, people. Yeah, it's 25, 44 through 46. Let's take a gander here for 25, 44 through 46. Luke, did you learn the Bible on the streets? Did I learn the Bible on the streets? Yeah. I learned it on the streets. On, on the, the streets? ghetto, in fact. Uh, in, the g- <laughs> in the ghetto, in fact. Oh, wow. In the ghetto, in fact. Sorry. sorry. Um, Racially okay, so, charged episode. So he said, 
25 verses 44 through 46. I think homeboy has the wrong <laughs> reference. Anyway, yeah, okay, so here we go. Uh, 44, okay. Okay, 44 through 46. Okay, did mm. say 47. As for your, he's got the right reference. Okay, as for your male and female slaves whom you may have, you may buy male and female slaves from among the nations that are around you. You may also buy from among the strangers who so, sojourn with you and their clans that are with you who have been born in your land and they may be your property. You may bequeath them to your sons after you to inherit as a possession forever. You may make slaves of them, but over your brothers, the people of Israel, you shall not rule one over another ruthlessly. Okay, so that's his thing like, oh, there's chattel slavery. Okay, let's keep going. 46. Uh, you can buy, sell, inherit, pass on slaves as property. It explicitly describes them as property as long as they're not native Israelites. They have to be bought from the nations around Israel, not from Israel itself. The only slavery into which one could put a native Israelite was debt servitude. And Leviticus 25 also tells you not to treat debt servants who are Israelites like slaves, but to treat them better than the slaves you are buying from the nations around Israel. Okay, so uh, again, he, he's, he's, this is half-truth in what he's saying when he compares it to chattel slavery, because again, there's more, there's more legislation around slavery in the Bible that he's not addressing. Does he address yeah. it eventually? I, he, he well, I'm trying to remember because I, I watched it yesterday. Okay. He, he's going to talk a little bit more about it, but okay. I think this is an important point here because chattel slavery, um, it's outright, let, let's just deal, I mean, obviously, if you've been listening, you know, the Bible does not condemn all forms of slavery. Mm -hmm. uh, slavery, even as a concept in and of itself, is not necessarily evil. Uh, there is a vile form of slavery that is condemned by the Bible and was practiced here in America is, is man-stealing slavery. Mm -hmm. um, but as Christians, we have to be careful, especially American Christians, as we view this issue. Um, and I'm not saying keep your emotions out of it, but it does help, is to understand that slavery, even as a concept, is used by Jesus himself. Uh, in fact, the the famous phrase, well done, good and faithful servant, the Greek word there is doulos, it means slave. Mm. We are slaves of Christ. Mm -hmm. He bought us out of the house of slavery. Like he, he did that by his own blood. And so <clears throat> these, when we're talking about this, I just, as we continue on with the episode, uh, to remember that when we're talking about uh, these things make you a little uncomfortable and they make me a little uncomfortable. Yes. But the fact is that um, man stealing slavery, which is prohibited in the Bible, that would not only apply to Israelites, it has to apply to the other ones too. Like these people uh, who are, they buy slaves from in other nations, uh, God, God condemns, God condemns, if you see a man who's been stolen from another place mm -hmm. and you buy him, you're culpable to judgment, you're put to death. So they, an Israelite buying a slave, even from the people around them, would have had to do a background check on that slave. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not the same as the chattel slavery that it was used for America, where a man, where West Africans, by the way, they often leave this out of the history books, West Africans kidnapping their own brothers, their own African brothers, yes. selling them into slavery, yes. and then shipping them across the ocean. Mm -hmm. That's not what's being described here in the Bible. And mm -hmm. to do so is just, is again, ingenuous and intellectually dishonest. Yes. Well, this guy's not very intellectually honest. <laughs> <laughs> not very intellectual, to be honest. <laughs> oh, how about that? He's not intellectually honest. He's just not intellectual, to be honest. Okay, here we go. <laughs> 
condemned in the Bible, both in the Old and the New Testaments. This is also false. Uh, the Exodus passage condemns kidnapping freeborn Israelites, and the First Timothy passage condemns kidnapping uh, freeborn persons for the slave trade. Uh, uh, he's and this not correct there. He, no. He's trying to refer to the Deuteronomy passage that says... Uh, if a man is found sin, one of his brothers of the people of Israel, and if he treats him as a slave or sells him, then that thief shall die. However, the Exodus passage, which I believe is... Exodus 21. Is that Exodus 21? Sure. Thank you. Exodus. Sorry, as an African-American Christian, you have to deal with this objection all the time. So <laughs> you got to know where those slavery passages are. I'm, I'm going to be really embarrassed if it's actually not in 21. Okay. <laughs> but, but it needs to... Yep, laws about slaves. Laws about slaves, yes. Um, uh, whoever... Uh, Whoever strikes man, but if you know why, wait for him. Sorry, Father Myers steals a man. Okay, so whoever, whoever steals a man and sells him, and anyone found in possession of him shall be put to death. That is not a only your brothers kind of a thing. Yes, uh, that is for that's for that's for anyone. I mean, that's you're not allowed to man steal anybody, even for anybody outside of the nation. That is a capital offense. Uh, so it's it doesn't qualify it here. Nope. It just says whoever steals a man. And sells him, and anyone found in possession of him shall be put to death. So the Exodus passage is not just about stealing your brother. It is actually about stealing anybody. Now, so, so. Uh, of course, Moses is qualifying it uh, in a different way. The application for Israelites is more specific, right. but it applies to all men generally. In fact, right. that should be obvious when we go to the New Testament that Paul doesn't even clarify it. He just condemns all enslavers. Like, mm. and so mm. even even mm. even if you want to make mm. the argument that the Old Testament true. was saying only Israelites, yes, even even if that was true, which it's not, when you get to the New Testament, Paul's just like all enslavers. Yes, condemn them all. Right, like, right. no qualification. Yes, Doesn't matter right. if it's Israel or not. So, yes. First Timothy chapter one. But we're gonna hear why he can't think that way okay. later about <laughs> how he views the Bible. Foreshadowing. Yeah, <laughs> fits with the legislation in the nations that surrounded. Uh, ancient Israel and early Christianity, which also divided legitimate from illegitimate means of acquiring slaves. So there was legitimate slave trading and there was illegitimate. And as with the nations around Israel and early Christianity, they condemned certain types of kidnapping and also had a very active slave trade. And early Christians bought and sold slaves as well. There's not a single syllable of the Bible that condemns slavery in general. I think in First Timothy, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enslavers. Yeah, enslavers. <laughs> or the yeah. slave trade in general. Thirdly, the Bible teaches that all men are made in the image of God. Slave and master are equally human, protected, and one in Christ. That's throughout both Old and New Testaments. So none of these passages uh, on their own or collectively actually communicates what Turek is claiming here. The first three from the Hebrew Bible don't in any way, shape, or form indicate that enslaved peoples are equally human, protected, or one in Christ. Uh, well, that's because... Uh, well, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's so annoying. I, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, if you're going to isolate the text, it might not say that, but... Again, and I, I, again, I don't want to spoil what he's going to say later, but this is why we, we as Christians don't look at just one passage in the Bible. We interpret the one passage on the realm of the whole. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need to look at that passage to know that the slave that someone bought is equal to them. Mm -hmm. I can go to Genesis. I can go to there right. and I can go there. Like, yeah. uh, right. it's so frustrating. Right. And, and it's, it's, and if he, if he, you know, was consistent in his application of the Bible, God is constantly reminding the Israelites, 
You, it, it's all over Deuteronomy. Mm. You were slaves. Yes. <laughs> you were slaves. You were slaves. You were slaves. You were slaves. You keep saying that over and over again. Even the Psalms say it over again. We're slaves. Yes. We're slaves. Every time. I mean, even Stephen, like, you know, we were slaves, man. You know, I mean, it, it's this constant reminder of of you were slaves. So there's, there's, there's always this attitude among uh, the legislation of remember where you came from. That yes. You were a slave too. So, so don't give me this. Oh no, none of these verses put them at equal. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they absolutely do. Mm. Knucklehead. Anyway. Uh, for instance, Exodus 21, 20 just says that if a master, uh, beats their slave to death, they will be punished, but it doesn't explain how they will be punished. The next Actually, let's uh, look at that because I. 20. 21, 20. When a man strikes a slave, male or female, with a rod and slave dies under his hand, he shall be avenged. But if the slave survives a day or two, he is not to be avenged for the slave is his money. Now, Luke, you recently wrote a book. Oh, yeah. Right? Right? On the sound theocracy. Yeah. What do you think the term avenge <laughs> means there uh, based on the context? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, again, this, is, uh, um, this gives the family of the slave or an eyewitness, mm. um, which could be another slave. The opportunity, whose 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 testimony is just as legitimate as anybody else's, right? Because it never gives legislation yep. of like, well, if you're a slave, your, your testimony, you're not three fifths of a person, you know, that kind of a thing. You know, that that's that's not in there. So, a oh, I thought the Bible didn't treat um, them all as equals. No, though. no, I, no. I mean, this is newsflash. <laughs> <laughs> this just in. Um, no, but the the uh, so it, it it gives the fault to the person who killed the slave. And again, that's, uh, again, it, it says the same thing in verse 16, whoever, uh, sorry, uh, verse 12, whoever strikes a man so that he dies shall be put to death. Okay. Oh, there, <laughs> what? There, there it is. Verse 12. If he would have gone back, okay. He, he, they're just saying it again. And also, by the way, this applies to slaves too. <laughs> it applies to slaves. If you strike a slave and he dies, it's your fault. You shall be put to death. Okay, he shall be avenged. And again, in Deuteronomy, what can avenge even mean outside of that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> if we can't protect the earth or protect our slaves, we darn sure will avenge it. What do you think right. Iron Man is saying? Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> He's We're saying gonna I'm going to kill you. Yeah, going to kill you. Yes. Uh, so uh, going to Deuteronomy uh, 17. Um. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Um, let me see here. I'm looking for a... Uh, okay. Um, if any case arises requiring decision between... This is Deuteronomy 17, verse 8. If any case arises requiring... Oh, no, I'm, I'm going to go back a little bit further. Uh, verse 2, 17, verse 2. If there is found among you within any of your towns that the Lord your God has given you a man or woman who does what, does what is evil in the sight of the Lord, as in striking... Uh, a slave so that he dies. Mm. The son of the Lord your God, in transgressing his covenant, has gone to serve other gods and worship them, or the sun of the moon, and the host of the heaven, which I have forbidden, and has told you, and you hear of it, then you shall inquire diligently, and if it's true that certain that such an abomination has been done in Israel, then you shall bring out to your gates that man or woman who has done this evil thing, and you shall stone that man or woman to death with stones. And he's like, well, I don't know how you're supposed to kill him. Well, here it is, right here. <laughs> and, and again, this this goes back to verse 8. It says the same thing. If any case arises requiring decision between one kind of homicide and another, what? one kind of legal right and another, one kind of assault and another, in any case of your towns, it's too difficult for you, then you shall rise and go to the place. You know, so so we're dealing with, this This specifically applies to homicide. But but I, I just don't think homeboy even cares about that. Next remotely. verse, however, suggests that punishment would just be a fine. Because the next verse says, if they survive a couple of days and then die, there's no punishment at all. No, that's called, um, welcome to uh, Christianity 101. That's called eisegesis. Ah! 
<laughs> it doesn't say he shall be fined. When the Bible says he shall be fined, it says he shall be fined. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We don't imply. Well, uh, I guess it's just a fine. No. Can we read that verse just to just yes. to like? I I mean, obviously, like. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, just, so, it suggests. All right. When a man strikes his slave, slave or family family with a rod and the slave dies under his hand, he shall be avenged. But if the slave survives a day or two, he is not to be avenged for the slave is his money. So again, there's no implication of a fine there. No, no implication at all. He's just reading into the text. All, which is absolutely not true of freeborn persons. And again, he's not taking into other legislation that, that if a slave loses certain uh, functions or certain body parts that the, the owner is going to lose that uh, uh, body part, too. Hmm. If I remember correctly, hold on, let me, uh, uh, hold on a second, let me just do this. Let me, is it a, in that case, it might be a fine. Uh, I know that, I know that if a slave is, is hurt in that way, they actually could get out of slavery. Like, they, they, they yes, it, that's one of the, that's one of the um, things you can do. Like, if you're hurt in a severe way, you could run away, and no one would force you to go back to your master if you were damaged we're that getting, way. We're, we're, that's going to be the capstone. Yeah. Um, yes, okay. When a man strikes the eye of his slave, male or female, and destroys it, he shall let the slave go free because of his eye. Hmm. So, um, okay, that's, a, that's the same chapter, Exodus chapter 21, verse 26. Um, yes, when a, when a man strikes the eye of his slave, male or female, and destroys it, he shall let the slave go go free because of his eye. If he knocks out the tooth of his slave, male or female, he shall let the slave go free because of his tooth. So if you're hit, if you're going to hit your slave, mm-hmm. where are you not aiming? Yeah. The head. Yeah. Because if he loses a tooth, he's gone. Yep. So where are we, I mean, where are we, atta- if we're going to uh, push the slave to go forward, where are we going to strike him? Not the most important place, the head. So God here is protecting the head of the slave. And of course, if you get a slave who's like, well, I'm not going to work. What are you going to do about it? God gives power to, to the slave owner to be like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to make you work. If, 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 if you're not going to, you can't just, I mean, if you're going to be here, you got to work. Right. So especially if you're an in debt slave, like that's the whole point, right? (laughs) You're not going to get out of this without working. Right. But uh, again, the power is always with the slave. The final say is always with the slave in every situation. We're going to get to that in a second, but that's more foreshadowing. Also, even Jesus, that's the parable, the the, the lazy, um, disobedient slave, he'll be beaten with many blows. Mm. Like Jesus is, there isn't, again, I don't, he's not going to make this argument. Um, But even in the time of Christ, this is again, Christ upholding the law. Mm -hmm. Um, Again. Uh, that's just a tidbit I thought I'd throw in there, mm. that Jesus is not out of step even with the Old Testament on the slavery issue. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> so the protection is not the same. And why is there no punishment at all? The text says because he is his silver, his money, his revenue. In other words, he's lost that revenue. He's already been fined. And obviously the beating was not intended to kill them it was just intended to discipline them and so the death is considered accidental and because they've already lost that revenue there's no fine elsewhere in the hebrew bible the accidental killing of a freeborn israelite still results in the death penalty incorrect what where's this guy getting this this is this, this stuff from what, what yeah, in I the world i want to like look at that again because i i need to see that was is his silver or is his money? That's we're looking at Exodus twenty-one. Yeah, I think yeah, it's 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 on, it's it's over here. Yeah, um, yeah. I just yeah, really the slave like. is his money. Yeah, the slave is his, probably. I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, 
Silver is probably the, the direct uh, literal translation. Um, Exodus 21, what's the verse again? Uh, verse, uh, verse, well, money, uh, 21. Oh, 21, yeah, you 21. just told me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, chapter 21, verse 21. Death of a slave. By his master's reasonable being, by change in LA. Yeah. You looking it up? I was just looking at Matthew Henry's commentary on that first, okay. but we don't really have time. <laughs> but I just would be really interested. I don't know where he's getting this idea of the finding thing. So I'm wondering if there's, if he, I mean, I doubt he actually looked up a commentary to figure out what, what that meant. Um, but I'm interested why, why, why he, he makes that argument. I'm not sure. Um, okay. Uh, he who strikes a man so that, so that he dies shall be, shall be put to death. However, if he did not lie in wait, but God delivered him into his hand and then I will pour for you a place that he may flee. But if a man acts with premeditation against his neighbor to kill him by treachery, you shall take from him my altar that he you should take him from my altar that he may die. So again, there's two categories of premeditated and not premeditated. Mm -hmm. So this this guy again, I was like, what, what what are you reading? So they are not equally protected. The closest we come to Turek's claim is Galatians three twenty eight which says there is neither male nor female, uh, nor slave nor free uh, in Christ, but all are one. And that's a great uh, aspirational. Uh, it's actually the end of racism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's he's got to treat it like it's uh, some Instagram post. But actually, that was the major justification yes. for the end of slavery in all of Western civilization. It's that verse right there. It's the gospel that uh, actually ends up ending slavery as an institution over time. Mm -hmm. Like the, the Bible yes. doesn't out, it doesn't have to outright um, prohibition all slavery because the spirit of the gospel is is going to eventually end it. You, you can't view someone as your equal and your brother mm -hmm. in Christ yeah. for very long right. and keep up a oppressive form of slavery. Right. It's just not gonna very work. True. Yes. It's going to eventually purge itself out and it, it did. <laughs> it did. Yeah, so <laughs> Correct. Without Christianity. A like, lot of people alive today would be, would, would would be in horror of treating people a, a certain way, and that was not a universal. And I don't want to say it is universal right now because a lot of people still do have slaves. But um, it's it's I believe it's becoming more. It's it's heading towards universal attitude of the horror of treating somebody uh, in such a way. A passage, however, does that mean that people are equally protected and have equal rights? Well, Turek believes in male headship, believes that men have authority over women. Well, how did we get here? Shirt. How, how did we get here? Did, what does this have to do oh, with no. slavery? Which means that although God says, oh, I can't tell a difference, there is neither male nor female, Turek certainly can, and Turek sees one as having more privileges, more rights, more authority than the other. So, yeah, this is uh, complete and utter nonsense. I love this. I, I'm sorry. I love that. I love how we, we went from slavery now got, got, because God can't tell the difference between men and women, which is you know, just pulling the verse out of context. The, the neither slave nor free nor male or female. It means Paul isn't saying that those distinctions don't exist anymore. He's saying that um, the ultimate identity of who we are is in Christ before all those things mm -hmm. breaks down those things. If, if Paul didn't think those distinctions exist anymore, why would he give commands for men and women in the church? Like he does that. Also the idea that um, male headship is a blow to female male equality is just 
is mm. is just ridiculous. Like mm. <laughs> it it's just it's it's about roles. Uh, every every right. organization, every society has roles. Right. I don't think that the president of the United States has more inherent value than me just because he holds a higher position of authority. He does. And even and people are qualified for certain roles and other people aren't. That doesn't mean any has nothing to do with inherent worth. And if you are confused about that, you think the Bible doesn't say that. How come it says that we Peter says that our wives are co-heirs with us? Hmm. How can someone be your co-heir and not be your in, in terms of inherent value mm-hmm. be equal to you? Mm-hmm. Headship does not destroy um equality among the sexes mm-hmm. it just doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about correct how should we interact with as each other in regards to our gender mm-hmm. and and that's just obvious right. especially given the economic relationship of the trinity yes um you know does that diminish christ no it doesn't no. diminish christ at all you know and, and and this is again a bad understanding of trinitarian theology that mm. this guy has I, I suspect he has very little knowledge of yeah. i heard um it was <clears throat> doug wilson's daughter uh, in her book uh, even exile which is i need to read book. that book it's a tremendous book recommended for males and females alike she says that she says that this she puts it this way and I've been thinking about it ever since. She said that you know man was made in the image of God and so was woman but in a more concentrated form. Mm. I'm like, "Hmm, that's interesting." Mm. I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about that for a long time. I would like to hear some more thoughts from her about that, but she said in a more concentrated form. I was like, "Huh." I love that trinitarian though. It's just like we think that submission immediately means less value, right? And that, yeah. and if you're right. going to say that, that means that Jesus is inherently less valuable than the Father, which right. of course destroys Trinitarian doctrine. Right? It yes. just destroys it. It just right. means Jesus submitted to the Father mm-hmm. because of the roles of the relationship. Yes. The Father doesn't come to Earth to die for us. The Son does. Mm-hmm. The Son does not proceed forth from the Father, and the Son, the Spirit, does. Mm-hmm. Like they all yes. have their role and function, yes. and none of them are all. They're all equal in value. They have different roles to play, and it's the same with men and women. Mm-hmm. So I'd I'm like to sorry. ask his kids. You know, like, hey. I guess you're less than your dad because your dad tells you what to do. <laughs> right? Yeah. You must be subhuman in this house. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you what. I mean, I walk in here and I see slaves because you are in submission to your father. And when he tells you you go to bed, you got to go to bed. So funny how the evangelical feminists never go after that. Children submit to your parents. Never, never go after that one. No, no, not not yet. Not yet. They will though. They, not not they only will. that. They, they he, Paul says submit to them in everything. I think mm-hmm. I think there's not even a qualifier. Like what if? Yeah. No, he just says submit to them in everything. Yeah. Never go after that verse. <laughs> never. I've never heard one do it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but but submit to your husbands. No. No. <laughs> And, and that's how that's how they sound too. Usually, when they no. Jesus, or fourthly, Jesus came to set the captives free. This is Jesus' quotation of Isaiah sixty-one in Luke four, and the statement is not that enslaved peoples will be set free; it's that prisoners, captives, will be set free. This has absolutely nothing to do with slavery. And fifth, the main Bible's main goal is spiritual redemption, not social reform. So this is simply false. The passages that promote... I'm going <laughs> to agree with this guy here. Yeah, yeah. It's actually... <laughs> it's one good point that he it is, It is societal reform. Yeah. Social reform as a path to spiritual redemption far outnumber those that promote social reform as the fruits. Now, that yeah. actually I will disagree with him with. I, I agree with him that Turk is wrong, that the mm. Bible doesn't talk about social reform. But he's saying that the Bible instructs social reform More leads than... to spiritual renewal, is oh, what he said. Okay, and that's not true. The Bible actually says the opposite: that okay. that the fruit of the gospel is 
social reform. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there's. It doesn't mean you can't have social reform before gospel transformation. Mm-hmm. That's not the point. Um, yeah. But yeah. the the argument that social reform leads to inward spiritual renewal, just the Bible doesn't make that argument. Mm-hmm. At least I don't. I don't. I haven't seen it. <laughs> of spiritual redemption, however. Uh, Turek and uh, other Protestants are going to presuppose univocality, the notion that the Bible speaks with one single unified and solitary voice uh, or perspective. And yeah, I think it does. That ideology (laughs) is not supported by any data. Uh Uh-oh, we're back to the data. Oh, no, it's the data. It's going to lead us to the truth, the data. What data? What is he talking about? But when one imposes it on the Bible, it requires picking and choosing which texts are going to be prioritized and centered. I'm sorry. And which the only person picking and choosing in this conversation has been you. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, the Christians I'm not saying that no Christians pick and choose, but like no, like the people using the Bible as a unified story, that's why all of his arguments are so easily dismantled by us because he's he's the one picking and choosing. Mm-hmm. He's the one ignoring texts yeah. and not fitting them together. Right, right. That's there's, why it's all falling there's apart. There's a lot more important things that the Bible wants to say about slaves and what, what they're supposed to do. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to capstone this 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 whole argument when he's let, let, let him blubber it all out here. But I'm going to capstone it with one verse that goes against everything he's saying that he's not going to interact with. Are going to be marginalized, reinterpreted, or ignored. And here, the spiritual redemption is being prioritized and the social reform is being reinterpreted. And a good microcosm of that large scale effort is uh, Paul and James's disagreement. Paul says Abraham was justified by faith, not by works. James directly disagrees with Paul and says, You see that Abraham was justified by works and not. By faith alone, but that's an old argument. We're yeah. not going to deal with it here. Homeboys late to the game because of univocality. <laughs> these two need to be made to agree, and Protestants are very obviously going to prioritize and center Paul's perspective, which means James has to either be ignored or taken out, as Martin Luther wanted to do, or it has to be reinterpreted to agree with Paul. And that final approach is what most Protestants do today. And they insist that, oh, James is talking about the fruits of faith. James is not saying you have to do the works to arrive at the faith. James is saying once you have the faith, then the fruits will follow after. They're putting the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. agree. That's, that's I, what they're saying. It, it's <laughs> obvious when you understand that the genre of the book is wisdom. Hmm. Like, James is like a New Testament wisdom literature book. Hmm. James is obviously focusing on the fruits of what it means to be a Christian. Hmm. If you take the book as a whole, it's not hard to argue that. Like, hmm. James is not disputing Paul. I mean, right. it, he is being honest historically that martin luther hated the book of james like because of he brought problem. it back at the end yeah, yeah 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 he did but but i mean and, i'll give him that i want to give credit where credit's due here he, well, he, he was gets no credit for me because again he, he, <laughs> he he's saying well the paul and james disagree well he i mean do you know that paul later and other places says the doers of the law will be justified yeah, yeah so 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 you know it's it's um it's not paul disagreeing with james you know yeah. they both said the same thing in the right context and yes. they both say the same thing in 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 the other context okay so it's not them going against each other Part firmly before the horse because it's more important that James be made to agree with Paul than it is we understand what James is actually saying. They're telling the Bible what it is and is not allowed to say. Uh, and Turek is just doing that on a grander scale in an effort to make it sound like the Bible doesn't appreciate slavery, and it absolutely does. Oh, that's it. Okay, that's yeah, it. That's, and he's okay. done. So, okay, <laughs> I want everyone to think about all that that guy said here, and I'm going to read... Um, 
the last two verses regarding uh, slavery. I'm going to read the last two verses in the book of Deuteronomy regarding slave legislation. And one is Deuteronomy 23, 15. This guy's not going to interact with this verse. He's not going to interact with it um, because it goes against everything he's saying. This, this one verse, um, you shall not, uh, 23, 15, you shall not give up his master, uh, to his master, a slave who has escaped from his master to you. All right. Um, so again, so the, the footnote here, um, it, it says slave or servant, the Hebrew mm. term ebed designates a range of social and economic roles. So it's not just the Israelite oh. slave, it's the foreign slave. It's not just the Israelite servant, it's the foreign servant, okay? It's a broad range of any time someone's fleeing from someone, you are not supposed to return him. In fact, it says this in verse 16, he shall dwell with you in your midst in the place that he shall choose with one of your towns, wherever it suits him, you shall not wrong him. Him and if we had instituted that verse in the 1860s, or ever since this, you know the 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 1600s when we were bringing slaves over here and starting to institute slavery, ever since uh, what's that? Was that Dred, Dred Scott? Right? Was, think, was that it? Was I that think, Dred Scott? I think it. Um, I, have to, I have to refresh. I think it's I think it is the Dred Scott decision where they said, okay, the guy is the guy is a uh, he's property, okay, and he's got you have to go. Oh back. yeah 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 right. Um, if we had instituted, if that judge had said no, and he looked at Deuteronomy twenty three fifteen, then we would not be in a lot of the problems that we're in today, my friends, if we had looked to the Bible and said, okay, you shall not give up his master to a slave who has escaped from his master to you. You shall not give up to his master a slave who has escaped from his master to you. If we had instituted that, then we would not have chattel slavery. That verse alone destroys everything about chattel slavery. It just destroys everything. Amen. You're... The, God, the Bible gives the power to the slave in all circumstances to just walk away and face the consequences. Like if he's in debt and he, and he says, okay, I'll work for you. And then he doesn't like his master and then he walks away and he runs away from a situation. Then he's ba you're basically, this is the same thing as a society today of declaring bankruptcy. Right. Yep. It's not something you, you want to do. You can do it, but you don't want to do it. You don't want to be in that situation where you declare. There's there's re, there's ramifications, repercussions if you declare bankruptcy. So it's bad. But if you want to do it, you can do it. You're free to declare bankruptcy at any time. So it's the same. It's the same similar situation. God gives the power of the slave master relationship ultimately to the slave. He's allowed to free to leave. Foreign, domestic, Israelite, non-Israelite, it doesn't specify only an Israelite. It says anyone. You shall not return to his master or slave who has run away. And that is a brilliant move, obviously, by the Lord. It just puts it all into context and God all into so perspective. Awesome. <laughs> yes, He's so is. good. Um, it's yes. almost like he knew yes. what he was doing. It, it's almost like that. <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like his laws are brilliant. Yeah. And you can you could buy you, you can buy yourself out of slavery. Yes. And you can leave and go to someone else mm -hmm. and work for them to pay off the person that you worked for before. It, right. it's, it's like you said, God, I just, it's like every time we have to dive into these issues, I just realize how, how, how do they miss this stuff when just, what, like, I, you, you found that like the other day when we were talking about this, he's like, I'm pretty sure there's a verse in the Bible about that. You found it in like two seconds. If we can do it in two seconds, it almost feels like disingenuous that these people can't find this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, like it's with the true. age of the internet, it's, it's like you right. could easily yeah. just, you, the, the thing is you don't want to. Right. Because it sounds so much good. These terrible European Christians, they <laughs> ruined everything and their Bible's <laughs> oppressive. And it's like, you realize that if, like Luke said, if we were following the Bible here in America... <laughs> The story of slavery here might have been a lot different. Mm -hmm. 
Like, I, yeah. I'm yes. not saying that African Americans would have looked fondly back on that, but right. it wouldn't have been as bad as it was. No, not even remotely close. They've been like, yeah, that was kind of uncomfortable, but you know, thanks to the Bible, yeah, <laughs> yes. we got through it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, and, and a lot of those families would not have been torn apart. You nope. know, I mean, it's just if they would have instituted these two laws, and again, Deuteronomy 2014, but you shall remember that you were, uh, sorry, 24-7, if a man is found stealing one of his brothers of the people of Israel and he treats him as a slave or sells him, then that thief shall die, so he shall purge evil from the midst. Again, this is a rephrasing of Exodus chapter 21, if a man steals a man. And again, you say, well, that's only applying to Israel's. No, not true, because it says for you shall have the same law for the foreigner, as you have for the Israelite, same law. Mind you're not job. allowed to take advantage of people just because you're in there. You're in the nation, okay? So uh, again, the, uh, later it says you shall have the same law for the foreigner and the sojourner who lives among you. Doesn't mean okay. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm in Israel. <laughs> Look at Egyptian. He's up for grabs. Anybody grab him? You know, uh, that, that's not what that means. You know, and it's and, it's, and to go back, it's intellectually dishonest to say yeah. so. So that was fun. This uh, is a fun episode so far we we got to talk about uh don bluth we got to talk about slavery yes, yes. we made some black jokes along the way i yes. think and you culturally appropriated the white accent thank you yes. thank you yes i'm gonna eat my mayonnaise sandwich here <laughs> every time you rip on this guy you go to like southern accent <laughs> <laughs> sorry he's a slave master uh okay um let's go to this next one here oh yes this guy his oh guy yeah was fun. yeah 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 this guy was fun here we go let's sometimes go. i forget the videos we share with you by the <laughs> way if you guys who are listening find videos of, that are cringeworthy send them to us we love yes, them yes yes woke preacher clips doesn't give us enough we no need, we need your help <laughs> um okay here we go let's do this here homeboy okay so um the name of this one is called Original Sin is Crap Theology. You are beautiful as you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now I remember what this one is. Now, I th- I'm going to on a limb here and say this guy's homosexual. I don't know. I'm on, I'm on a limb here. Here we go. <laughs> be authentic to who you are because you are who God created you to be and you are good. I don't believe in that awful notion of original sin. You know that notion, original sin? You know that Adam and Eve, they messed up. And since they messed up, all of humanity is going to be marred by this, this sin. I don't believe in that. It's bad theology because I know how it was created. Augustine created that. <laughs> it didn't exist before him. Jesus didn't even know about that doctrine. No, he didn't. It came along much later. But what I do believe... See, see it was, and again, my dad always pointing this out. See, what we're, see where we just went? Augustine made it up. Nobody said it before him. Jesus never talked about it. Je- oh, well, I mean, I mean, Jesus, Jesus also never talked about having sex with animals. Yeah. So I guess that's on the table now. Yeah. <laughs> Even is the original blessing. This can be found what? in the first creation story. I love this. God looks out at all of creation and names each and every part of it as good. That means God looks out at each and every one of you and calls you good. Hmm. <gasps> That sounds so great. Wait, wait, we skipped a lot of books there. Hang on. A second. <laughs> yes. We skipped we your went, dad's favorite chapter in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. We we went from Genesis right to now, and we're like, hey, since God made everything called it good, that means you're good. Yeah. We got like 61, 65 other books. What, what are we doing with that? I guess Jesus didn't have to die after all. Yeah, I know. What's he doing dying for good people like me? Well, man, isn't that a good way to start your week? 
to know that each and every one of you are created in God's divine image, that each and every one of you are good and called to do good in the world, to go out in the world and make it a more beautiful <laughs> Why are we doing good in a world that's already good? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, why, why, why am I called to do out, go out in there and do good? I mean, what, what's the implication there? You know, I mean, if my dad says to me, get out there and work hard, what's the implication? I'm not going to work hard. <laughs> if he's like, yeah, you called out to get out there and do good. But if we're all good. Then why is there, why is there I, evil in the world? I guarantee this man has no children because people only people that don't have kids don't believe in original <laughs> sin. Because like, if well, he had children, he would know. Well, and that goes back to my point. That I think he's homosexual. <laughs> yeah, well, why would he have children? Beautiful place. So go out in the world and do what makes you come to life. Go out in the world knowing that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Go out into the world knowing that God made you beautiful. You know what makes so some make people the world beautiful too. Oh, wrong, wrong line of work, man. You know I bet what? you that guy makes a lot of money every year. Oh, I'm sure. You know what some people find makes them alive and feel really good? Raping women. Mm, it's true. Murdering people. Yes. That really makes some people come alive. Yes, it does. And if you listen to this guy, go out there and do it. Go out there and do it. You know, you're you're not bad. You're good. God made you good. Jesus never condemned rape. Why not? Jesus never talked about that's something yeah. Augustine came up with. Yeah, Augustine yeah. trying to control yeah. people, you know, condemning rape. You I know, just, I just don't understand. It, it's yeah, again, it's a just lot of money. It's intellectual of money. dishonesty of like, and people they clap. Yeah, they clap, and you can tell. Like, I, I don't, and I don't know if he's in a church. Maybe he he's got to be, I guess. But I, I just don't understand how people fall for this. Like, um, through one man. His sin, death spread to all men. That's in Romans. Right. It's yes. interesting. He right. says Adam and Eve. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. No, male headship again. Uh-oh. Male ah! headship. It does not say that sin <laughs> entered the world through one woman. Mm. It doesn't say it came through one couple, one man. Adam was the federal head of all humanity. Mm -hmm. When he fell, all the human race fell. Mm. And death spread to all men. Mm. Now, you know, Jesus never talked about it. Mm -hmm. That came. No, but no one said it before Augustine, but, you know pretty sure paul wrote that before mm. augustine yeah i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> well paul's problematic because he's patriarchal oh yeah so yeah can't so we can't listen whatever. ignore him all right so here we go <laughs> last last of the uh, uh videos here hey you I, just moved in across the street i love doing these videos because um uh, well I, I i keep tooting this horn but you know anybody who 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 defends uh, who, who uses poor hermeneutics to defend sexual sin uh those poor hermeneutics can be turned right around to defend racism Right, and, and so this guy right here is going to defend racism, at the same time defending sexual sin, and I'm going to explain why later. Hey, you just moved in across the street, right? Oh, hi. Yeah, we just finished unpacking, actually. Yeah. Uh, speaking of unpacking, I saw that you have a cross in your front yard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So does that mean you're a? Uh... My wife and I are Christians. Uh huh. Is that gonna be a problem? I'm actually trying to figure that out right now. See, I have two kids, and I don't know if I really want them seeing that on their way to school every morning. It's a cross. Right, but it's less about the cross and more about what it represents. You know, human sacrifice, medieval torture device. It's really just a symbol to show that I'm proud of who I am. Look, you can be proud of who you are all you want. That's fine. I don't care, but I'd really rather you just do it behind closed doors. So I can be a Christian, just not openly. You know, love the believer, hate the belief. I cannot even believe that I'm having this conversation in 2023. Whatever happened to accepting people and tolerance? 
No, no, don't get me wrong. I accept and tolerate you. I just really can't support your lifestyle and I'd rather you not shove it down my kids' throats. It's a cross. Yeah, and it's being displayed in front of my impressionable young children, so do something about it. This is insane. It's my front yard. I can do what I want. No, you don't get special privileges just because you're a Christian. How is that a special privilege? You can put whatever you want in your yard too. If that cross isn't gone by next week, I'm putting in a complaint. Don't bother. I'll be moving. Have a good one, neighbor. <laughs> I want to meet that person who says those things to homosexuals. You know, has that attitude, like, I'm not going to let my kids... I want you to take that down, because I don't want my kids seeing that day. I want to meet a Christian who says that to other people. I would shake, shake their hand. I'd be like, yeah, good job. I agree with you. I wish I, wish I had those kind of guys. But, but you see what he's doing there. He, yeah. He's trying to make the argument that, like, oh, this is this is how homosexuals feel when you talk about the the rainbow and all that kind of stuff. And um, <clears throat> what, he, what he's really... He doesn't know it yet, but he's actually defending racism. Hmm. Um, because... Uh, uh, you know, if he he's not going to make this video, if the flag and I, I said this before, this, this, it's <laughs> nothing new on this podcast. But if the flag in the yard is a, is a Confederate flag, he's not making this video. He's not. He he. You know, he said, you know, what about love and tolerance and all that kind of stuff? Mm. He's not saying that if you put the Confederate flag in your yard, it all goes out the window. If you put the Confederate flag in there, he's not making this video for the Confederate flag. He's defending the rainbow flag. He's yeah. not making this video to defend the Confederate flag. Okay? It all goes out the window. As soon as you put it in the right perspective, it's gone. So he doesn't mean it. He doesn't defend or support the cross at all. What it's, if it was a Nazi flag? What if it was a Nazi flag? Yeah. I'm saying, like, would he would he be okay with that? What if the what if their next door neighbors were Nazis, and they were they were saying, "Hey, this is this represents my family's beliefs. Like, we right. just want to we just want to put it out in the yard. Right. You get to put whatever you want exactly. in your yard. Yeah, exactly. Guaranteed. He's not making the video. The entire neighborhood yeah. yes. would come against that family. Be yeah. like, you get that out of here. Right. And if and if I said to him, what about that video you made the other day? Well, it doesn't apply to this. No, it does. <laughs> it does apply. It does apply because we're talking about flag and what it represents and. You know, oh, I fly, this means I just love my nation. You know, oh, it's innocent. Oh, you know, I'm, you know, it, it, it all falls apart when you, when it comes to people who, you know, he, he's trying to defend the, the sexually immoral, but he, he his bad hermeneutics by implication and by consistent application, which is more important, by consistent application also defend mm -hmm. racism. But he's going to jump off of his hermeneutics to defend homosexuality mm -hmm. and jump onto the biblical hermeneutics once more to defend to defend. Uh, uh, to condemn racism yeah. and his action towards it. It's sad, really. I love it. When, no, actually, no. <laughs> it's not sad. It's just, it's comically, it's just, it's hilarious. Yeah. How people can be so inconsistent. Yeah. And by the way, if you were to point this out to them, the, he would do exactly what Luke's saying. Yeah. Well, that, that doesn't apply here. Yeah, right, right. Like, right. I, I just, <laughs> right. Like you know, I thought I thought Christians were supposed to be the empty-headed knuckleheads yes. who had our uh, heads up in the clouds the whole time. Yes. Why are we always bringing logic and evidence into these conversations? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. We, we 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 serve a God that 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 loves truth and has a lot of very important things to say about truth, mm. and that's that's different from from I'm going to say all other mm. um, faith systems. They can account for truth. I even did a word search on the Quran the other day, and I was reading through the verses that talk about truth. Mm. And early on in the Quran, they, they identify, you know what the source of truth is? What do they say? The Bible. <laughs> what, are even, what are you doing? It doesn't even identify the Quran <laughs> as truth. It identifies, be the, when they're talking about truth, it's, it says the Bible. It's talking about the book. And when mm. we're close to the book, it's talking about the Bible. Um, 
So, uh, and, and again, in, in Hinduism, in Eastern, Eastern religions, there is no truth. Truth mm, doesn't exist. Right. It's an illusion, right? But the Bible is like, no, uh, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, mm. okay? And uh, John 17, 17, you know, show them thy truth. Thy word is truth, mm. right? And, and so, but, but not only that, I mean, we, in, um, I think it's, is it in Corinthians, whatever's true, whatever is just, whatever's pure, um, yeah, think about these things. Think about these things. Is that First Corinthians? I uh, think that's brethren. I, f- I forget. I forget which ones. Uh, which one of the epistles that in? Uh, that's in. But Paul compares truth to what is good. Mm. So there, from there, we have this. Not only do we have objective truth, we have the concept, but we actually have an identification of that concept being good, because that's where atheism falls apart. It can say mm. there is objective truth. Okay, okay, you can't name it. Okay, don't yeah. know what it is. But we'll applaud you for trying to find it, though. <laughs> but once you find it, we'll crucify you. <laughs> yes. um, first, yeah, okay, it's, it's good to look for truth. And, and secondly, um, you know, they, they say if there's truth out there, we don't know what it is. But they cannot say to anybody, truth is good, mm. objectively. They cannot say that, it ex- that truth is good. That's the important thing about the Bible. Not only does truth exist, but it is also good. Truth is good. Mm. And uh, atheism, again, falls apart because it can't identify truth with actually being good. Maybe truth is bad. It doesn't mm. know. You know. So in, 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 in its, own, its own system, truth is ultimately irrelevant because it's neither good nor it's bad. And just like my favorite ice cream, you know, and to the world, my favorite flavor of ice cream is ultimately irrelevant because mm. it's neither good nor it's bad. It's just, it's just an opinion. And that's what it comes down to truth with, I would say, all religious systems. Um, because, again, the Quran points to the Bible as being true. So that's also why no other religion is actually loving because you Mm. can't actually have love without truth. Ah, Like, because there's a thought it's uh, truth. uh, Truth is good. Now, it doesn't mean you can't you you can speak the truth with malintent, Mm -hmm. but you cannot actually be loving without truth, because Mm -hmm. as soon as you lie, if something is not false, it's no longer loving. Mm. And so Christianity is the only loving religion because it has the truth. Because you you can't have, you cannot have love without truth. Because once... once love is mixed with a lie, it's no longer love anymore. Yes, that's right. And so... And that's why you should never throw Tyrus a surprise birthday party. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I said. (laughs) But seriously, you don't do that. (laughs) I don't like him. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's that's, that's a good thought. I I, I agree. Um, Without the truth, you can't love. Mm. And that's why when they say love is love, um, (laughs) they... Uh, they're denying the truth mm. and therefore don't know what love is. And that's why the uh, pedophiles are going to steamroll them when it comes time for them to put their worldview against their, you know, put the clash of the worldview. Oh, no, no, Luke. Minor attracted persons. Minor attracted persons. My, my fault. <laughs> okay. Anyway, folks, thanks for listening to this episode of Low Hanging Fruit here on the Think and Perform podcast featuring yours truly and Tyrus. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. We encourage you guys to think and reform, and we will see you next time. <laughs>